0: call in at 303-690-3000 let's join calvary live right now
4: and welcome everyone you are tuned in to calvary live and i will be with you today i'm your host my name is jeff figs i pastor calvary chapel greeley here to take your questions and your prayer requests as you just heard that number the call-in number is 303-690-3000 so we are on the air now you can call and grab one of those open lines love to hear from you and uh do my best to uh, give you the word of god to encourage you if you need prayer we take prayer requests and so 303-690-3000 it's great to grab that line while it's open and we do have all open lines right now and so give me a call as you are listening to calvary live so glad that you have joined us today uh, on this president's day you are listening live Uh, If you are listening on Grace FM, and uh, it is a holiday today, so perhaps maybe you didn't have to go to work, you got the day off, or maybe didn't have to go to school, but uh, some of you did have to go to work, and some of you perhaps did go to school. I know I got two kids up at the university here in Greeley, and they had classes today, Uh, but whatever the case may be for you, give me a call at 303-690-3000, love to hear from you. And love to talk about the things of the Lord and pray with you and, um, and just uh, see what the Lord has for us this next hour. So let me know that you're here. Um, we welcome all those in Colorado along the Front Range, 101.7 and 89.7 in Northern Colorado. Uh, as you are listening in from Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs in Southern Colorado on that 101.7 signal. And then 89.7 from the metro area on north into southern Wyoming. And as I said, you are listening live on this President's Day. So glad that you're here and uh, so glad that you're tuned in to our show. It's such a blessing to be with you. Also, I want to give you another means for you to be able to ask a question or a prayer request. And that's a dedicated text line. So always we tell you to be safe when you are texting. And that number is 720 336 And I'll be repeating those numbers throughout the show. And uh, so text in a question, text in a prayer request, and we'll go to that uh, as we have time that permits us to do so. But this show is really your show. Uh, I'd love to talk to you on the air and uh, to be able to talk about the things of the Lord. So grab one of those um, um, open lines that we have. Um, I do want to also uh, welcome all those listening on the East Coast, as we usually do at the beginning of the show. They're listening on Truth FM and on Hope FM. Uh, you too can call in at that number, 303 690 3000. And as you're listening to those radio stations, uh, you are a week delayed on the broadcast. But give us a call, and we'll have our conversation, and then you get to listen to it next week. And I want to welcome the growing audience on uh, that are listening online, whether you're listening on a smartphone or perhaps your tablets. We would encourage you to download the Grace FM uh, app. It's free. Just uh, go to Grace FM Colorado. I believe it'll come up, and you can download it. And then you can listen to wonderful teaching as well, 24-7 Great, great Bible teachers on Grace FM, and uh, you'll be tremendously blessed. And then you get to also be able to listen to Calvary Live. And then those of you listening on your computers, we have those that listen from all over the world, uh, different parts of the world, in Africa, in the Middle East, and in uh, perhaps Ukraine we've heard from, South America. We uh, also welcome you to today's program. So grab one of those open lines. And maybe today you're not at work, but maybe this is an opportunity for you to call in that you otherwise don't have because you're kind of stuck in traffic or still working. Uh, Give me a call at 303 690 3000. We got a couple open lines. Grab it early. But we're going to go, first of all, to Denver where Laura's on line one. Hi, Laura.
2: Hello. Can you hear me
4: okay? How are you? Yes, Laura. How are you today?
2: I'm wonderful, and I hope you're doing well, too.
4: Well, I am. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: I just wanted to call uh, and get in real quick before you get busy with the phone calls. Jeff, I want to tell you I so appreciate you on Grace FM. I listen to your sermons all the time. And the one this past or last Sunday, oh, my gosh, you have such a humble heart and I just had to tell you that, um, I love your sermons, and you're one of my absolute favorite pastors of all time. Um, I don't drive up to Greeley. It's a little far for, for church for me, but, um, I just had to tell you, I, you're, you're one of my favorite pastors, and your sermons are absolutely out of this world, and they help me grow, and that's, that's basically what I wanted to tell you.
4: Well, well, I, Laura, I really appreciate the encouragement, and, um, And I'm glad it's a blessing. We've always seen it as a tremendous privilege and opportunity to be on Grace FM, uh, to do the live radio show. And our desire is to uh, minister the Word of God to people. And I don't know if you heard on Sunday, I was probably down at Calvary Church in Aurora, um, and I was teaching down there. And they, they have it live on the radio and um, just love that church and what a privilege it was to be with the believers down there and then we have our radio program at three thirty here on grace fm in the afternoons right before i go on the air on monday and tuesday but i'm so glad you know thank the lord it's the word of god that touches our hearts and um and to be able to to hear the word of god being taught and to have it because it's alive and that's what my passion is, is to give the word of God and the truth of God's word uh, to others, because it's a great need in, in the world today. It's a great need even in the church. And uh, so I appreciate the encouragement um, because, you know, one of the things in probably what you heard, if you heard it on Sunday, I was teaching out of second Timothy and, um, you know, just Paul's giving his last words um, yeah. to, to Timothy. Well, when he closes, Laura, he he says that uh, this last charge that he gives to Timothy before he faces the axemen is that you preach the word and be ready in season and out of season, convince yeah. and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering. And, you know, what? there's long suffering in that. And and just keep teaching the word of God and the people that are linked to you in your life, Laura. You just keep teaching them, giving them the Word of God. Keep growing in the Word of God, and um, and you're going to see the Lord just continue to comfort you and encourage you in great ways. So, we're just thankful that we can be a part of that.
2: And also, I wanted to say because of your humbleness, um, I'm gonna, you know, have some of my unsafe friends listen to some of your sermons because you're your preaching is totally able to go, you know, by God, by Jesus, it can go straight to somebody's heart and, and help them turn to Jesus. So I just want to let you know, um, you're a very, very humble servant of God, and you are, your preaching will definitely be able to touch some of my own friends. I, I, I have no doubt about that.
4: Well, I appreciate that, and it is a very humbling thing. I take it very serious. Um, Yeah, You know, every time I get behind the pulpit, every time I get behind the mic here, that I take very serious, given the Word of God. And, you know, um, Paul would say that I'm the least of the apostles and um, the least of the saints, and I feel like I'm the least of the pastors, you know, that uh, he chooses the foolish and weak things of the world um and certainly i qualify for that and i never want to take for granted every opportunity that i have to give the word of god and it's not because of me it's in spite of me and i'm very thankful for that and um for any of us to be used of the lord um is something that is a great privilege and honor to be able to serve him and a great joy to be able to do it so i appreciate your encouragement laura
2: well, you're welcome and I'm glad I got to talk to you and, and tell you Me that. Because every time I hear you come on, I'm like, I just wanna tell mm-hmm. you what a great what a great pastor you are and I appreciate your well, time. Praise
4: God. The glory goes to him. So thank you, Laura. <laughs> yep. Have a great day. Okay. All right. Keep in touch. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Bye bye. The word of God is so good. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do because it is President's Day, I wanna to read to you from First Timothy chapter two. And therefore, I exhort, first of all, as Paul's writing to Timothy, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made to all men. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And it just reminds me uh, how we are to be praying for our leaders. We are to be praying for our president. I know it's an election year. I know the emotions are very high. I know there's uh, going to be um, a lot more that's going to be said. And um, and we need to be praying. We need to be praying for our nation. We need to be praying for our leaders. Um, that even as it is uh, Paul that's writing to Timothy, and Paul's writing to Timothy when Caesar Nero was um, emperor. And Caesar Nero, right after this, um would wage war on the christians and he persecuted the christians but he says that you know this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who desire all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so as christians this year i just want to remind us on this president's day that as we headed towards spring and then summer and the fall where we have a heated election and um there's so much division there's so much emotion involved in it We as Christians, let's get on our knees and pray for our nations and pray for our leaders. So, Father, we do that. We pray that um, you would uh, just uh, help us to uh, be reminded that you desire to save those in authority. Uh, You desire to save those in this nation. We lift up our president to you. We pray that um, there would be uh, just, uh, Lord, your hand on him and um, that there would be looking to you uh, humbling and um, just desiring to uh, to seek you for guidance and wisdom. We pray for all our leaders in Washington. We pray for a great awakening among them, uh, a turning to you because we need you, Lord. We need you and we're getting so far away and there's so much um, out there that upsets us and concerns us, Lord. We pray for a great awakening in our nation um and in our state here in Colorado for the leadership here for the church the church to get back to the word of god so lord we just lift this all up for you to work because i know that you desire for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so lord um just do that work in our nation and our leaders in the church um because that is the hope that is the hope of our nation our communities our our you know Um, to give uh, the truth of God's Word in the Gospel. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hey, thanks for allowing me to do that. Hey, we got some open lines, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley. So give me a call. And uh, if you've maybe never had a chance to do that because you've been working and you're off today, love to hear from you. But in the meantime, we're going to go to Greeley here, and Pat's online, too. Hi, Pat.
3: Good afternoon, Pastor. How are you doing?
4: I'm good. How are you, Pat? I'm good.
3: Pastor, I'm going to give you a situation, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on it. Okay. A person marries and has kids with his wife, and that wife passes away. Mm-hmm. Some years later, he gets married again, and... The kids and the stepmom have irreconcilable differences, which leads to a divorce. Some years later, this person marries again. Now, my question is this. Because the second marriage broke up by divorce, is this person living in perpetual sin? Because Jesus says the only uh, reason for a divorce is if infidelity is caused and there was no infidelity in the second marriage but again the the, the relationship between the kids and the stepmom was irreconcilable so is yeah. this person living in perpetual sin and with the next person he married did he cause her to commit adultery
4: well we know that there's biblical um uh, that the lord gives the a- biblical guidelines for divorce and that is in the Mm -hmm. case of infidelity and then also in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 Paul says that um, and it's a general question what you're asking uh, because sometimes Mm -hmm. people ask those kinds of questions and uh, being with couples and and counseling couples over the years everyone is different there's different um, implications different problems different things that are taking Mm -hmm. place but just what you've told me, we also know that Paul says that if you know you're married to an unbeliever and uh, you're to keep your marriage vow, but if that unbelieving spouse leaves, then you let him leave um, let him depart um, and uh, and uh, let him depart a brother and a sister's not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. so there's you said they're in this situation. Um, because of the stepchildren, there's a problem that causes the divorce. Um, I don't think that fits into what First Corinthians chapter seven is saying. So they get married again. So they came and asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, and you said something that I think is a real key um, in Matthew chapter 19. They asked them, "Is is it lawful to divorce or give a certificate of divorce?" And Jesus gives. The definition of marriage, right, in that Mm -hmm. he goes back to the garden. He said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And they're no longer one flesh, but what God has joined together, let not man separate. That's important um, to uh, understand that, that we know that it's God's will that when a man and a woman get married, that they keep their marriage vow. they are married for the rest of their lives. Um, so that's the intention of God. But then he said, Why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? He said, Because of the hardness of their hearts. But this is where you're getting at. And I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So what the Scriptures is saying, and I'm not going to take away from the Scriptures, is that if you divorce and marry another, then you committed adultery right so in other words it's not what god's want it's not god's best and and there is sin it does not say that they live in adultery it says that they committed adultery and i think that's where the discussion and the debate can get, get with people um and um again he says it's sin they've gotten married um but here's the thing we got people in our fellowship, they've been remarried before. Um, they know that they got, they got divorced for different reasons. It, it may be they had biblical grounds for divorce, um, and, and a lot of times they didn't. Um, but to say that you know, some of those couples have come to Christ, uh, are following Christ, serving the Lord, um, that they're continuing in adultery, I think is a little bit and much out of the parameter of what Scripture says. Jesus says they commit adultery but he doesn't say that they live in adultery. And I think that's where I take it, and that's my view on that, Um, to say that a couple that has begun in the Lord, a couple that's married, we can't tell that couple to get divorced because then we're telling them to sin again. So, you know, to whitewash everything, to just um, say that they're in perpetual, the word that you use, uh, adultery, I don't believe the Scriptures is saying that.
3: Wow, Pastor Jeff, that's that's eye opening. So let me repeat it to you, so I make sure I'm understanding you correctly, <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, so if this person uh, remarries because he felt his children uh, were in jeopardy, and he divorces that person, if he remarries because it wasn't for infidelity, the act of the of the marriage is a sin. It's committing adultery. However, going forward, it's not a perpetual adultery. It's not living in constant adultery, because right. he is a follower of Christ and of the Lord.
4: And they are married. Some people even go as far as saying, well, they're not really married. Well, they are married. Um, right. And, but they've com- they've, they're, it is sin, but it's not the unforgivable sin. And, and I think there's a balance in it, Pat, because I think that um and when I do premarital counseling, this is serious this is you're making a decision who you are to be with, you know, particularly those who are young for the next forty, fifty, sixty years of your life is more important than where you're going to go to college is more important than what job you're going to do or what career you're going to pursue or where you're going to live or what house you're going to buy. Those are all important decisions, but who you marry and and so it's god's desire that you come together as one the, what god has brought together let no man put asunder um the his intention is for them to be married but it doesn't always work out that way and and there is divorce and i think that if we leave people in a sense of there's you know you live in, in adultery and there's no forgiveness um that we live the, leave them without the comfort of the lord and the grace of the lord and um, and the forgiveness of the Lord, so there's a real balance in that pat, and uh you need to take your marriage vows serious, and you know, and then in first Corinthians chapter seven also discusses that if you know you are single, then remain single and be reconciled to your spouse. Well, again, what happens if they get married again? You know, um do you remain single? There can be some debate on this, but Uh, I believe that we do see God's grace and that there is forgiveness and that he can bless that marriage because I've seen it happen. And again, over the years, I've seen people get, you know, they got divorced, they got married, they were unbelievers, they were, you know, whatever the case may be, and now they're believers and they've given their lives over to Christ. Of course they're married. They're not living in perpetual sin, and they they are serving the Lord. And um, there are some churches— that perhaps that say, well, you've gone through a divorce, you can't even usher, you can't even hand out a bulletin. So there's different degrees and views on that, what is being said. So I think there's a real balance in it, and I think there's a balance of Scripture and God's grace and forgiveness. Um, But, you know, He does say, and I'm not going to take away from what the Scripture says, that there is, you know, that, that act of committing adultery when you marry another. And that God takes the marriage vow very serious, and it's a holy institution is what he calls it
3: and one final point, Pastor, and then I'm done um, okay. you You kept mentioning uh if it's a non-believer now this person, when he made the decision to split because he 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 felt the the children were at risk, and the, there were his children uh, and he felt the stepmom was creating a risk, he was a believer. When he divorced, so it's it's along the same lines as well, in the sense that if he marries again, which he did, and he's been married now for like twenty five years, if he marries again, that is a, is a blessed marriage still. It's it's not that he's in perpetual adultery.
4: No. no. Wow. No. And he's to keep his marriage vows. So yeah, you know, once you and get, that's wow. once you get yeah, once you get married, keep your marriage vows. So, yeah, God bless you, Pat. Good well, questions. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you calling. You know, and Pat, that's the question that a lot of people struggle with. And I'll tell you what: there's probably others that have maybe a little di- different view. But you know, I I've dealt with couples, and and um and I believe with the scriptures: it's sin, but it's not an unforgivable sin, and um, God can bless that second marriage. But we are to take our marriage you know vows very very serious and um so that's where the balance is thanks pat appreciate it god bless you hey we got a couple open lines 303-690-3000 it's a difficult subject um it really is but uh just um going to what the word of god has to say and um hopefully that uh helps out pat and others that may be thinking of the same thing hey let's go to new jersey where mike's online. one <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Are... I'm good. How are you today?
5: I'm pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I got a question. I These guys at work were talking, and I was sitting there, and I was listening in, and the one guy says that when Jesus paid for your sins, it's a one-time and one-time only, and... You don't. If you sin, you don't have to ask for forgiveness again.
4: I'm like, what? Is that true? <laughs> there, there is a, and I got a little background noise, so we might just turn you down, Mike. But you can hear me. There is, you know, um, there is some teaching out there. It's kind of a hyper grace kind of teaching that, you know, once you come to Christ, you're forgiven. You don't sin. Um, you don't have to confess it. Um, but John, when he's writing his first epistle, that he says that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then he goes on to say that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, I think about what Jesus said about that that one who came to the temple and he, he smote his breast and he said, Father, forgive me for I'm a sinner. Jesus said that's the one that went away justified. The other one came up and said to Pharisee and said, I'm glad I'm not like others, and I'm not like them. Um, He came in pride and arrogance. Here's the thing, that we are forgiven of our sins. Jesus Christ has washed us clean of our sins, but we are told in Scriptures that if we sin, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. In other words, that word confession means to be in agreement with and I think it's important for us to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am in agreement with you that this is wrong, that I have sinned, I've missed the mark, and that we confess that because that keeps from pride coming into our lives. Um, that is an acknowledgment that that I have missed the mark, and that is a way for us to keep humble before the Lord. Um, but we don't reach sinless perfection. We just don't. And, um, and we are to confess those sins do we ever confess every single sin i don't think we can confess every single you know thought of the heart the intents of the heart god sees it but we are to be ones that lord i have sinned and and we see that uh in the scriptures to confess it and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins now there the other side of the spectrum is this um mike is that there are those who say you have to confess every sin or it's not forgiven there's no way we can confess every sin. Can you confess every sin that you ever did before you were saved? You know, when you were a little kid, when you were a teenager, um, uh, it, it just uh, its not going to happen. But that confession is important for us to keep Satan from building a wall between us and the Lord and, um, and to be able to come humbly before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, just as that, that um, one did to the temple and to confess it. And to, to talk to the Lord about it, and to know that we heard His heart. So I think that's important for us to do that.
5: In the Bible, All right, my faithful and just. Where is that in yep. the Bible?
4: Okay, that is in First John. First John. chapter one. Yeah, First John in the first back John. of the New Testament. Yeah. And, re- and read the first first chapter. Read the whole first book. Oh, well, First that's John. That's what I'm quoting. Yeah, First John one okay. nine. Okay? All
1: right. Cool. Thank you.
4: All right. You bet. Have a Thanks good day. for calling, Mike. Appreciate it. God bless you. All
1: right. Thanks, man.
4: Ciao. All right. Love to hear from you guys out east. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. We got a couple open lines. We're going to go to the only break of the show. And so give me a call. Love to talk with you, answer your questions, and to pray for you as well. We're going to be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley. So glad to be with you this afternoon. Hope you're having a blessed day and uh, just want to be a blessing to you. As Paul would write to the Corinthians that, uh my desire is to be a helper of your joy and that's what i want to do i want to be a helper of your joy and our joy is in the lord he uh, th- you know our strength is found in the joy of the lord as david wrote three thousand years ago and he desires to to bring that joy unspeakable as we go to his word as we go to him personally and find comfort so give me a call we got a couple open lines love to talk to you you just heard those numbers 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. So grab an open line. we got plenty of time in the show to be able to converse and talk. And then that text line, is if we have time towards the end of the show, uh, we will go to the text line, 720-336-0897. I always encourage you to take those two numbers and put them in your contacts, and then you can pull them right up. The call-in number in the text line, be careful if you are texting. Also, I just want to give a quick... Uh, announcement here for you guys up in northern Colorado uh, that we will be continuing in the Book of Jeremiah on Wednesday night. Oh, last Wednesday, man, we had that snow come in and it blew, and and we were still uh, here and uh, studying God's Word. So we'll be here again, and uh, on Wednesday, seven o'clock, we got a place for all the kids, uh, for nursery, toddlers, children's ministry, middle schoolers, high schoolers, and then we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter eight. Uh, moving into chapter 9. A wonderful study as Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, is weeping over a nation that has turned away from the Lord. So there's so much for us there, very relevant for us today. Come join us. If you've never done a study in the book of Jeremiah, you will be tremendously blessed. And then on Sunday morning, three Sunday morning services, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, Second Timothy. So I'd love to see you. Come on out and join us. You can uh, check us out on our website, org. That's calvarychapelgreeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y.org, for further information and for directions. But in the meantime, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. And um, Amber has been waiting very patiently from Denver. Amber, you're on Calvary Live.
5: Hi, how are you?
4: I'm good. How are you doing?
5: I'm okay. Um, My son, he just turned 21, although he's been drinking for, since he was 16, 17. Um, Even at 18 years old, sneaking into bars. um, But now I just feel like it's getting worse and it's going to get worse since he's turned 21. Um, And it, I just feel hopeless. Um, I had an alcoholic father. Um, I have a lot of anxiety with it.
4: Right. Yeah.
5: So I just feel like I'm
2: uh,
5: I'm losing my son to that. Right. Um, I try and talk to him mm-hmm. and tell him to pray. Um, I just he's putting me. And my family through so much, um, it's like he, he doesn't care. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know he's dealing with something inside. I just don't know what it is. Um, I just don't know where to like reference him in the Bible or like where I could go. I've tried, I've written him a couple scriptures to read Mm -hmm. or passages, um, I'm just kind of at a loss. I feel like
4: yeah. and it's I'm I'm dying situation. as well. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely, as a mother watching your son go through this through an addiction, and alcohol is a destroyer. And you saw that yeah. with your father. You're seeing it with your son. That's why you're feeling like you're losing him. But there's always hope in Christ, and and you are to pray for him and and to. Um, Encourage him that they get to the help. I don't know where he's at. If he realizes he has a problem. Um, that He, um, he that,
5: denies it. I mean, everybody yeah. in our family sees it, but he says that he doesn't have a problem.
4: And that's th- that right there is to, to pray that the Lord will open up his eyes to see that there is a problem. And, um, and that's always so difficult, Amber. And to speak, um, you know... The Lord into his life as the Lord leads you and guides you as you have those conversations and to let Him know that the Lord doesn't want them to be filled with alcohol um, because it does harm us and it hurts us and you know I was just quoting from first John that um, the caller previous but in first John it says that this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome and I think sometimes our young people think that you know, that God uh, following after him and living for him and knowing him um, is that um, means that, you know, it, God's being a killjoy and I can't be free to live my life. Listen, every commandment that the Lord gives to us is an expression of his love. And that's what he's telling us to tell him that the Lord loves him and the Lord wants what's best for him and to keep giving them Jesus. And, and to turn to Jesus, and, and to call out to Jesus. And we're going to pray for that, and, and for him to understand, listen, I'm telling you this not because I, I'm trying to annoy you as a mother, or nag you, or anything, but I love you. I love you, and I've seen what's happened. And perhaps you've done this already, what happened to you know, your grandfather, and, and it's going to happen to you, and it happens to people all around us and um, to keep, you know, very lovingly but very honestly speaking truth into his life and trying to get him the help that he can get. And, um, and you know, you're in Denver. Uh, there's some uh, uh, ministries that have most excellent way. I know Aurora does. We do, you know, the, to just keep talking and keep praying for the Lord to open up those doors for him to get the help that he needs. Okay. But in the me- is, Denver camp- is, oh, there's always ahead. hope in- There's always hope in Jesus. Keep speaking truth into his life and praying for him. Don't stop. All right?
5: Okay. Okay. Is there somewhere in the Bible that I could reference my son to? Um,
4: I think Ephesians right now, that um, uh, Ephesians is something that he says, that see that you walk circumspectly. This is chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeem in the time, because the days are evil. And, and do therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is the dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And I think that you can share that truth with him, that you can't walk circumspectly, or that is carefully. Uh, you can't be wise if you're full of wine, because it affects your mind. And it'll affect your life and begin to eat away at you. And the Lord wants you to be full of his spirit. That is his wisdom, his word, the Holy Spirit, enabling you to live a life the way you're supposed to. But these things will hold you in bondage and they will put you in bondage. And and so the Lord wants to be the one that fills your mind, not alcohol. So you can share that, begin that with him, um, those verses um in ephesians chapter 5 and just talk to him you know um and just keep speaking that truth to him
5: okay
4: all right amber? okay thank okay, you i'm gonna pray with you okay okay thank let's, you let's do that right now father i pray for amber i just pray is i know that she is she's experiencing something that is bringing a hole to her heart hurt to her watching her son go through this and her son um being addicted to alcohol doesn't realize that he has a problem and lord i pray that you would open up his eyes spiritually and that he would see that what he is doing is that uh, he is in bondage to something that's going to bring hurt to him and harm to him i pray that that you would help him be free from this uh, that you would work a miracle in him and i pray for amber first of all i pray that you bring comfort to her Bring wisdom to her as she speaks truth into her son's life. Lord, as she um, is afraid, um, as um, she is concerned and full of anxiety, I pray that you would just give her the strength that she needs to be able to be the mom right now to her son, uh, to speak um, very pointedly, very honestly, very lovingly into her son's life. And I pray that you would strengthen her and give her wisdom and give her the comfort that she needs right now. And, Lord, that you would work, you would work a miracle here. And, Lord, that Amber would know that there's always hope in you and that you love her son. You love him. And, Lord, that you would work, and, Lord, you desire to free him. But I just pray that you would just um, take the enemy who, who holds us in bondage out of his life, open up his eyes, spiritually soften his heart. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: Amen. Thank you.
4: Amber will be praying. Okay. You keep in touch with me if you need more prayer. All right.
5: Okay. Thank you. I will.
4: Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Very difficult, um, that I'm sure that, uh, some of you that are listening right now that you have a loved one, you have a son, a daughter, maybe a spouse, uh, a coworker, somebody who, you know, is struggling with drugs and alcohol and, You keep praying and keep speaking truth into their lives, and it is very difficult and very painful, and I'm so sorry for your pain. In the meantime, we're going to go to Tasha in Aurora. Hi, Tasha. Tasha?
1: Yes, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
4: Good. You're on Calvary Live.
1: Okay, well, my question is, if you have um, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you're saved, if you were to commit suicide, would you go to hell?
4: You know, I want to ask you this, Tasha, real quick. Why are you asking?
1: I was asking because I was in a nursing home today with my cousin, Mm -hmm. and I just seen a lot of, like, sick elderly. And I was Mm -hmm. wondering, like, if anybody ever had in their mind with them not there... Uh, Well, with people not there for them and stuff like that, if they ever thought about committing suicide and if you were saved, would that be wrong? Like to not want to live like that.
4: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I wanted to make sure because I got a call last week from somebody who was young kind of asking the same thing. And I get asked this a lot. And I I wish I would have followed up a little bit with this young person and why they're asking Um, And I think that um, we're familiar with this young person, that they really just wanted to know. Um, But, you know, um, it's a very sensitive issue. It's a very scary issue. And um, I just want to make sure that people know that those thoughts of suicide, to talk to somebody, that God wants you to live. Um, You know, he says, choose death. Or choose life. And we choose life, and there's always hope in Christ. There's people to talk to, call somebody, reach out for help for anybody who has those thoughts. So that's why I was asking. But to answer your question, is that there's nowhere in the Bible does it say that committing suicide is an unforgivable sin. It is a sin, it is not God's desire. He wants us to live and to turn to Him. But I've also ministered to families that um, people that have gone here, that they were Christians and and they loved the Lord. And they came to that point where they took their own lives. And, um, you know, um, for whatever reason, uh, we have had, um, you know, uh, have gotten news of pastors um, that um, have been, um, you know, in the family of the Calvary Chapel that have committed suicide, for we don't understand it all, but you know they are going to heaven, the blood of Jesus Christ washes us from our sins, but I don't want anybody to think that it's not serious that it's it's not God's will to do that uh it is sin, um, but the unforgivable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and um and i I think I I've heard pastors, I've heard priests or, or whoever, uh, religious leaders, uh, tell a family that their loved one who was a Christian, that there's no hope that their loved one's in hell. And I, it's just, there's no hope in that message. The gospel is able to save to the uttermost. And, uh, and um, even though it is a sin that you, 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 you know that God does not want it, And it's always spoken in a very, very negative, negative way in the Scripture. There's nowhere in Scripture that I can point to that says it's an unforgivable sin. Does that help, Tasha?
1: Because um, I know that uh, Judas Iscariot, he committed suicide, didn't he?
4: He committed suicide. But with Judas Judas Iscariot, um, you know, people say... Well, was Judas saved? That's another question. I don't believe that Judas was saved. um, Because Jesus said of Judas, it had been better that you'd never been born. That's pretty harsh words coming from our Lord. Um, He said that of Judas that he's the son of perdition. Uh, He's of Satan. So there's no direct indication from Jesus that he was saved. He was among the twelve. When Jesus sent out the 12, they did miracles. That would include Judas, I would assume, that the 12 did that. He was there. He's the one that held the money. You know, it's a study for another time. Um, you give the money to the one that you trust. But we know that Satan entered him. And Jesus said it had been better if he'd never been born. So there's no indication that he was saved. And, um, and Peter, he messed up badly the same night denying the Lord and And yet we know that he would come to the Lord, so there's some very important lessons in that to come to the Lord when Peter was in despair, when he was down, when he you know thought that he had severed his relationship with the Lord, that he would find the comfort and the grace and the forgiveness of our Lord and the strength of our Lord. and as for anybody who's in a very downcast you know um kind of season of their lives, even David wrote why?" is my soul downcast and he would get his eyes on the lord and he would begin to worship the lord and be strengthened in the lord and that's why i want to encourage anybody who's feeling very downcast and, and hopeless listen there is hope in christ and if anybody who has those thoughts of taking their own life please please reach out to somebody call the church you know call uh, a pastor call uh, somebody that can help you a family member but but don't go through this alone, and it's not the answer. Um, God loves you, and um, there's one way up, and that is to Christ, to reach up to him, because he's reaching down to you right now. All right, Tasha?
1: Okay, thank you.
4: You're welcome. God bless you.
1: God bless you.
4: All right. Bye. You have a good evening. Bye-bye. 690 Let's go to Randy and Aurora. Hi,
6: Pastor. This is Randy. um He had a caller, <clears throat> excuse me a little earlier that was somewhat confused by some information he got about yeah. being forgiven and never has to ask for forgiveness again. Right. I think the person that was talking to him probably got confused with, and I'm not a scholar on the Bible, but I believe that Jesus died once for all of our sins <clears throat> excuse right. me past, present, and future. But it doesn't mean you don't have to ask for forgiveness. It just means the sin has been atoned for, but you still have to go through the process of forgiveness. Is that true?
4: Yeah, and I think you're on the right track, because he forgave us of all of our sins. You know, and Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished. Um, And, um, you know, when he said, it is done. I've paid the price. I've made atonement, I've done the work. But then John comes along and says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So what I was telling Mike is, you know, there's some on the extreme that say you have to confess every sin. Well, that's, that's an impossibility, isn't it, Randy? I mean, the secret sins of the heart, every sinful thought we ever did. But confession is important, as you said, and as you've just pointed out, because it's being in agreement with God that I did wrong, I confess. Um, And, you know, we are to, it's like if I do something against uh, my wife, you know, if I do something, say something dumb or, you know, um, do something that she doesn't like or, or, you know, any of those things, I know she loves me. Um, She's going to stay married to me. Um, But here's the thing. I need to confess it to her and say that I did wrong. And and there's a, a restoring of fellowship that happens there um, because um, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, he will not hear us. It doesn't mean that the Lord, um, you know, doesn't hear us verbally, but um, iniquity and sin, there's there's just that that's. Um, that barrier of fellowship that can happen. And if we get into mindset, well, I'm just forgiven. I can go out and sin. I don't have to ever confess it or anything. Um, no, I need to come to the Lord and humble my heart and say, Lord, I have sinned. I've hurt your heart. And, and there's a restoring of that closeness and intimacy when we do that and keeping us humble before the Lord. And uh, so that's why it's important that we do that.
6: It's a two-part thing, I believe I heard you say. Yeah. You may the Lord it may have been atoned for, but you still got to confess it.
4: Yeah, and you can't have atonement
6: I, without confession. Well, is what here's I thought I heard thing, you say.
4: No, is yeah. is we are to give, we are to confess our sins, but our sins have been atoned. He right. did the He did the work. He paid the price on the cross. Um, so. um it's the blood of Jesus Christ that f- brings forgiveness. Um, but there are, you know, those which I do not agree with, just so you're, you're clear, Randy, that say you have to confess every sin in order to be forgiven. Well, what happens if, you know, you, um, you know, got angry at somebody and then five minutes later you died? Does that mean you lost your salvation? Of course not. Um, no, no, I agree
6: with what you're saying. I yeah. just
0: thought that, you know, yeah.
6: because... You still have, like you said, I perceived you say, was you still have to confess your sin, even though the price has already been paid.
4: Yeah, and we're told that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. And I think it's good to say, I'm in agreement with you, Lord, and, um, and you know, I did wrong. So, and John writes that, and I think there's a good, good thing in doing that. I, I know for me that I want to confess my sins. Lord, I did wrong. And um, to me, it helps restore that intimacy and fellowship with him. Doesn't affect my relationship, but intimacy and fellowship. All right, Randy? Thank
6: you, Pastor. God bless. Bye-bye.
4: You too. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to keep going with the phone lines. Aurora is busy today. I love hearing from the people uh, in Aurora. So let's go to Michelle in Aurora. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Pastor. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
4: I'm doing good. Thanks for calling.
1: I had a question in regards to the rapture and um, prodigal children. So they've accepted the Lord as their Savior. However, they've kind of gone astray. If the rapture occurs, are they still taken up? Or because they've yep. gone astray, do they not Are they not included in the rapture? That was just a question I I was kind of wondering about.
4: And people do wonder about that. And there is some teaching out there of a partial rapture, um, that if you're walking in disobedience, if you're in a backslidden state, um, that you will not be raptured at the time of the rapture. I do want to say this. It's not a good place to be. Um, I don't want to be in a back state when the rapture happens so john comes along and he says that he who has this hope that is when he sees the lord purifies himself that's why it's very important michelle that we be looking for the lord uh, i get a little concerned in some of the uh, trends in the church that are saying don't speak about the return of the lord um you know i i've heard those texts You know, you shouldn't do prophecy updates. You shouldn't be teaching on prophecy. You know, quit doing that. Speaking about the return of the Lord, listen, we are to be watching. We're to be waiting. We are to occupy till he comes. Those are all commandments of Jesus. So first of all, I just want to say that. And if we are living every day in the expectancy of the return of the Lord, that he could come back, because we don't know the day or the hour, right? Correct. But when I am watching for him, I am looking for him that maybe perhaps maybe even today that the one that I love can come for me it has a purifying effect on me. I'm not going to be going out and living in carnality or hanging out, you know, at places I shouldn't or whatever. So that's why it's important for us to be looking for the return of the Lord. But the Lord knows who are his and and Paul writes that to Timothy. He says he knows who are his. And as Paul's writing about The rapture of the church that he says behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed and so all in the greek to mean means all all who are in christ so uh, i don't lean towards a partial rapture view but the lord knows who are his and those who are in christ those who are saved that belong to him um that um that I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So that's all believers. Uh, we hear in Christ at the sound of the trump and and um, you know the voice of an archangel. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we hear alive and remain. shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that's what the Bible tells us. Okay.
1: Okay, well, thank you so very much. I have a, a son that just moved out with his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. I've been praying for him and her, and it's just a thought that's been on my mind for the longest time, and I've always just wondered about that. So I continue to pray for him and her every day, so yeah. um, and, you know wanted to know. So thank you.
4: Yeah, and just keep praying, and, and keep praying for them to turn to the Lord, and always, you know, be reminded that the prodigal, when he came back, The father ran to meet him, and um, he met him with open arms. And it's interesting that it says that the father saw his son coming, and I believe every single day that that father in that parable went to the edge of the road, and he was looking for his son to come home. And know this, that the Lord is looking for your son to come home, and the invitation is always to come. And you be looking for him to come home. And the Lord's ready to receive him with open arms. And, and, you know, where he's at spiritually, the Lord knows who are his. And you keep praying for him. And you keep speaking truth into his life. All right?
1: Okay. Thank you so much.
4: Can I pray for you, Michelle? You sure can. Thank you. Father, I just pray for Michelle. You know, like many that are listening right now, um, that perhaps— that we have children that have um, gone into the world and living after the world. We pray that you would bring them back. I pray for Michelle, her son. Uh, his, he would realize, um, Lord, what you have for him and what it really means to have a relationship with somebody else, um, that um, there are those today that think living with a boyfriend, a girlfriend is okay, um, and it's not. It's living mm-hmm. in sin. And so, Lord, I pray that you would convict his heart to draw him to you. And, Lord, that you would open up his eyes. And, Lord, for all those who have uh, loved ones who have gone out into the world, I pray that you would speak truth into their lives, draw them to yourself, and that they would come to repentance and turn to you. And I just pray that you would give uh, Michelle just wisdom and speak in truth into her son's life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor.
4: You bet, Michelle. God bless you.
1: God bless you, too. Thank you.
4: Hey, sorry we didn't get to everybody, but I appreciate everybody's calls. Hey, Rich, I know you want prayer for your mother. I'll be praying for her and um, and lifting her up to you. And uh, sorry we ran out of time. Thank you, everybody, that has called in today. God bless you. I'll see you at the same time tomorrow on Calvary Life. God bless you. Have a great evening.